Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Calling the Davids. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And my voice sounds like I got run over by a truck, put through a disposal, and then kicked out the backside to be reprocessed into soiling green or something. But it's me, don't worry. And I'm not in pain, nor am I feeling sick. My voice decided to take a vacation, I guess. So you'll get to listen to the deep vibes of another bard's, an alter ego. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be pretty good. So anyway, hey, before we, we're going to talk tonight about a lot of the crazy stuff going on, which is, I mean, I almost should say that every night is a byline. The world is crazy. Yeah, no kidding. But anyway, um, lots of stuff happening that we want to look at in terms of where the where what's evolving around us quietly as this cabal has its fight between itself and the re- great reset is actually happening before our very eyes whether we like it or not before we begin make sure you're doing all you can to protect your wealth these psychopaths literally want to take your money make you dependent upon them while offering you a great new future protect your wealth Patriots, despite the U.S. blowing through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's all the more time for you to be proactive. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king. It's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about it. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000. And it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting BARS to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text BARDS to 989898 today. Remember, that's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 today. 989898. That's for Birch Gold. You won't want to miss it, man. It's good stuff, good company, great people. All right, so just so you know, I'm over here sipping a bit on some lemon and honey. What is it with honey? I mean, I love bees. In fact, I'm getting my whole beekeeping set coming in on Monday, and I'm going to put in five hives this year. But what is it with honey? It's like you you know, you know, put it in the – this has it in a bowl here mixed it with some lemon, 
And I don't care how careful you are. It's like it cry, creeps out of the bowl on its own, and suddenly you got it on the back of your fingers. You're looking down here like my desk is sticky. I'm like, what's going on, man? It's got a life of its own. It's pretty crazy. It's the, it's the magic of the bees, which is pretty awesome. Patriots, one thing that we have to really get our heads around is the magnitude in which we have been lied to. And by that, I mean everything. Our entire story, entire life that we're living, the timelines that we're on, everything has been lied to. And one of the most bizarre areas that that begins in is the 1800s. All of that was part of another reset. And that is something we're still trying to get our heads around is exactly what they did. But let me give you an example of this. And I think it's a really well done piece that articulates it's about five minutes of the world fairs and how they are lining up to have been one of the greatest psyops of our time, which again is all kind of leading into where we are today. So take a listen to this. Are you watching closely? You can never find truth. All you can do is find false, drop it and get rid of it. And eventually when you can't get rid of any more false, what you're left with is the truth. How much false can you find? And there's lots in history. I was looking around the internet and came across the images of the 1893 Chicago World Exposition. And it blew my mind because it looked like ancient Rome in the middle of downtown Chicago. And as I looked at it further, well, here's another one in Philadelphia. Here's another one in St. Louis, in Buffalo, in San Francisco. And then as soon as they were done, they tore them all down and threw them in the garbage. That just told me there's something wrong with all of these. The story of the expositions is, is a gigantic lie. And I think it's so huge of a lie because I think they're right at a bridge point when so many things about the 1800s that seem strange and weird, right as this sort of period ends of unbelievable strangeness, and all of a sudden these fairs spring up all over the world with impossible buildings, buildings we're talking about, which are colossal structures. Chicago built 700 acres of fair in supposedly less than two years. St. Louis built 1,200 acres of exposition buildings. One of the buildings in Chicago, the manufacturer's building, would house 300,000 people. There's a giant statue in the middle of the lagoon. It was called the Golden Lady, and it was known as the Statue of the Republic. It was 65 feet tall. They say it was covered in gold leaf that had copper underneath, but others speculate it was actually made out of solid gold. So you're talking 65 foot high, potentially solid gold statue. We're talking giant structures and looking like ancient Rome with towers and domes and columns and the most fine ornate pieces to them in these record unbelievable times. Then as soon as they're done, chuck them in the garbage. Like Jackson Park is a swamp. So supposedly they had to drive down tens of thousands of wooden stakes in order to support the weight of everything. They dug out massive lagoons, lakes. They had a canal system that ran through the entire exposition. They also had an above ground electric train. An electric train, well, where's the electricity coming from? That's running around the park. They had a moving walkway down by the shore. Not enough people are asking, where does this technology come from? Just to frame it, if I'm not mistaken, the Chicago Fair was the first time people had seen electric light. Tesla's the one who got the uh, electricity contract for the Chicago Exposition. And it was certainly more than all of the lights anyway that were in New York City at the time were at the Chicago Exposition. Yeah, it must have been mind-blowing for most of those people who had only seen gaslight or candlelight at night to see that city lit up in such a way. Again, count the ways, it's 1901. 
we are told, whether it's true or not, the idea of being able to electrically do anything hasn't been around that long. And this fair is bizarre. This is supposed to be Tesla's fair, where he managed to somehow move electricity from Niagara Falls to Buffalo for the fair. No one's really explained how he actually did that. Uh, and at the middle of the fair is a 395-foot-high electrical tower. On top of which, of course, is a female golden statue called the Goddess of Light. And this thing was lit up by some suggest half a million electric light bulbs. Again, when you look at the photos of this thing, it's just, where do they really get the power from? I mean, think of what it would take today if you had a place with no electricity and no way to pipe it in, the generators that would have to be built. For example, there's a building that went up for the Barcelona Exposition in 1888. It was claimed to be the fastest built building in the world, 5,000 square meters, capacity for 2,000 guests, 600 rooms, 30 apartments, and it was supposed to be built in 53 days. This is supposed to be a time of horse and buggy. The two-year building times are actually impossible unless the two most likely theories would be either A, they had a technology that they're not supposed to have, and it really was built in that time frame. Even if they built them, they had to build them out of marble and stone in record time, or the buildings were already there. They'd been there for hundreds or thousands of years, fixed up, refurbished, repainted, hence the term whitewashed, which is the term that was used for the Chicago Exposition, which was paint all the buildings with this brand new spray paint that they had just developed to spray paint all the buildings in record time. So you couldn't tell if anything was old or anything was new. How long did these things tend to stay open? When they built these things supposedly over two years, which is the narrative, how long were they there for oh, six open months. six months for the public to come? And then what was amazing, for example, in St. Louis, two days after the fair ended, they brought in a demolition team from Chicago with explosives and blew the thing up. They actually used dynamite to blow it up and they say threw it in landfills. Things like the World Fairs shows there was a time in our past, and even not that far in our past, where humans seem to be at a completely higher level. Human living and human knowledge were constructed into the buildings using cymatics, using sacred geometry. These fairs, they're so important to study because the history that we know right now as history was invented at the time these fairs were going on. One of their underlying nefarious purposes was to teach a historical narrative to the population that they were supposed to believe and agree with. And scarily, the world we're walking into today is in some way has its origins during the time of these fairs. Now you look into the secret. It's an interesting study. If you haven't done it, I'd highly encourage it. And I have done a lot of it. And it continues to ask questions. Having done construction in my life and a lot of it, it's there's a certain measure of construction impossibility that happens when you study how these world fairs were put together. We've done on this show, we did a special on the Ferris wheel and the Ferris wheel that started in Chicago ended up in the, in the World's Fair in St. Louis and then was broken down and buried under the ground. It's, it's insane. Everything about these pasts and these periods was destroyed and erased. The thing is that as much as we want to think that, that isn't, it's an anomaly, it's already been proposed. Oh, wait a minute. It was proposed today by President Trump. Take a listen. Almost one-third of the landmass of the United States is owned by the federal government with just a very, very small portion of that land, just a fraction, one half of 1%. Would you believe that? We should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. 
In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. Another big opportunity is in transportation. Dozens of major companies in the United States and China are racing to develop vertical takeoff and landing vehicles for families and individuals. Just as the United States led the automotive revolution in the last century, I want to ensure that America, not China, leads this revolution in air mobility. These breakthroughs can transform commerce, bring a giant infusion of wealth into rural America, and connect families in our country in new ways. Likewise, through our strategic national manufacturing initiative, which is going to be very big and very, very successful, we will turn forgotten communities into hives of industry, producing the goods we will no longer import from China. We will also have a major initiative on lowering the cost of living with a special focus on lowering the cost of a new car and lowering the cost to build a single-family home. And they will be beautiful homes. You see, this whole Great Reset is happening it, all the time. It was about corporatizing the American dream and using landowners to make sure that it happened their way. We're living in a big lie. And the idea of the WEF being the good cop, bad cop with the other side is probably the best way to look at it. The evil Klaus Schwab and his sidekick Harari are the distraction to give you the extreme so that you look there and you aren't paying attention to what's actually happening with the man that everybody looks forward to to make America great again. This stuff is starting to turn my stomach, to be honest with you, because the lies are unbelievable and what they're rolling out here is a new America for sure. But what are those cities? Freedom cities? They always talk in the inverse. That means they're prisons. This is how you turn make a 15-minute city and sell everybody on it and roll them in. This is exactly what we're seeing right now. And why so eager to tear down the cities that we have? What's wrong with them? We have to start to look back then at World War II and ask ourselves what really went on. This is not a complete piece, but it's enough to give you an idea that there's something very wrong with World War II. Let's get into real history, and there's no real reason for people to have been you know, praising America for its policies, not for a long time. And that includes World War I and World War II, big time. I mean, the idea that we were the good guys is a bunch of shit. There's a great film, many of you may have seen it online, The Greatest Story Never Told. I highly recommend it. Many, many hours of big investment, but you will learn a lot, especially if you think the official version of World War II has any resemblance to the truth. There have been plenty of people before me who pioneered uh, you know, the truth in this subject, and they have paid heavy prices. I mean, there's some really good people out there. We think that Adolf Hitler is so evil because we've been programmed to believe ridiculous notions of history that bear no resemblance to the truth, and no genuine historian buys into the bullshit, especially the six million figure and the gas chambers and all this sort of stuff. Through a very intentional, fraudulent financial system, which is intended and inherently involved in enslaving us by debt that we can never pay back. Adolf Hitler's greatest crime was pulling Germany out of that system. It's the same people who are running the banks to this day. Who owns 
the private bank known as the Federal Reserve. Who are the shareholders? You're not even allowed to know who they are, but we know who they are. They're all Rothschilds related, stooges and Rothschilds themselves, but you're not even allowed to know that hell the f***ing Fed isn't even allowed to be audited. That's power, I tell you. And the world that we live in, the world that we live in, the reason why it is as f***ed up as it is, is because with that infinite supply of money in the hands of a bunch of psychopaths who are drunk on the idea of a Jewish supremacist, Talmudic, largely Talmudic ideology, which effectively means all of us are nothing but cattle. We're goyim. And that's the whole thing. I don't think any of it changes. It's just a matter of how you make the cattle feel. And it's important to grasp that idea. The one group that's been being systematically replaced is the group that's been demanding that people be forced into slavery, be forced into a future. The group that's being replacing them is the group that's saying that they will present a similar future, but that people will use their free will and will happily walk into slavery. Both ends are the same. You'll own nothing, you'll rent everything, and you'll be happy. The emergence of these new cities that Trump's talking about should be very disturbing because if they're going to do it the way he's talking about, one of two things has to happen, either one or both. Either one, the federal government has to own and, and sub underwrite every bit of that construction to make it happen at that level, which means taxpayer dollars, building cities. Wait a minute, that sounds like it's already been done. Those were called ghost cities in, in China. That's a socialized government. President Trump also mentioned the National Manufacturing Act. That means that they're going to use the lever of the federal government to force industry back into the states and subsidize it to rebuild industry. People, we're talking about a hyper a corporatocracy of a new level here with the illusion of being a republic. And the problem that we have with all of this is that so many people will buy into it because President Trump is delivering it. This is the WEF's agenda. What are you going to see in the new form of manufacturing? It's going to be fourth, gener fourth industrial revolution, which is AI, and robotics, which means people are subordinate to the machines. You're going to have Internet of Things, which means it's more IoT, auto-driving auto cars, your refrigerator that talks to you. Not kidding, actually, at all. All these updates, every single thing you do is tracked and tagged. And to get the most out of it, which will be your choice, naturally, you have to get augmented, like with Neuralink or with another injection to put a damn chip in you. This is Trump's dream. And it's better, better be pretty clear that he is not working in the favor of the people. He's working in the favor of a landowner that sees another vision for the way society can organize itself. And it infuriates me to no end. So as we move forward with this, you're going to see a lot more gameplay go on. You're going to see the continued pitching of ideas to make the better future for America. So what's going to happen to these old cities since we're going to build 10 more freedom cities? What's that going to look like? Are the old cities going to be left to rot and those that are there going to be left to be living in, in, in the horrid squalor of what's left of the liberal controlled cities? Essentially, we're not talking about a unified America. We're talking, what he's talking about is independence and liberty for a few. Independence within the wall of the city. That's not independence. That's not independence at all. That's slavery. We have to get really clear on what we're facing here. And we have to get really clear on what the challenges are ahead of us. 
one of the things to understand is a mindset, and the mindset is what will carry us forward. Almost one-third of the... Wrong videos, excuse me. Here we go. It goes back to one of our core principles that I know you and I have been all about for so many years, and that is build is greater than break. It's very easy to want to just tear it all down, hit the reset button. I mean, I'm guilty of even saying that too, like, oh, we just need a hard reset, like it all just needs to be torn down, like down with the government, all that stuff. That's like, yeah, we all feel the same way. Sure. But the truth of the matter is, is if you look at the trajectory of our government, um, it doesn't really need a push. It's all deteriorating on its own without any of our involvement. And to be honest, perhaps a push will be needed one day. But what's way more important than tearing things down is building to have something beyond that. Right. And that if you look at the inception of our nation, that's what the people at the time were doing. You know, back in 1775, it wasn't a bunch of people who had no plans beyond running the British out. These were right. people who were living on their own. They did not need the government. They were not dependent on the British government. The government was just in the way. Right. And when the government was finally out of the way, they already had everything they needed to live as communities, as towns, as states, and as a nation. Right. Now, they had a lot of work to do, but it was because they built for so many years. It was because they had capable men, strong families and resilient communities that our nation was born. Right. This whole concept is important. It's actually a group that has a YouTube channel called the, Dil the Dirty Civilian. And I think it's really important to grasp what we're talking about here. There is a vision that's being painted that they're telling us that we have to be part of or that we will be part of. That vision is being promoted by President Trump with now Freedom Cities. It's being promoted by Elon Musk, telling us that we're all going to drive an electric car, even though that's a failed technology. It's all being pushed at us. And what you're seeing here is the group of elites that have now, the new group, the new class of elites is now seizing control. This is the Great Reset. It just didn't come in the form of the bald-headed freak, Klaus Schwab, and his bed buddy, Harari. But they were never going to win anyway. All they were going to do was to lead us into a place where we would willfully accept the real enslavement, which was going to be this new world that was being built around us, to inspire innovation, to build all the crap that we don't need from China here, to continue to abuse resources, to continue to mine lithium, but we'll do it on our own soil rather than having to exploit the other world. But hey, why not? Since we already trashed Africa mining lithium and cobalt, we'll just now move it home here where we'll have robots do it and we can now benefit from what was gained to this point as Africa's left with nothing. This is the same sort of agenda. It hasn't changed. And until we see proof otherwise, we have to enter this in with a highly suspect and literally have to start presenting everything with a jaundice eye. The idea of building 10 new cities and leaving the others behind, why do we need 10 new cities? Our population is on decline right now. It's on decline by birth rate and it's on decline by COVID, unless they plan on opening us up to a North American union, which means we'll have every crazy coming from the South into our borders. But oh, that's right, President Trump wants to filter them for the best. We know now that they're moving the retirement age of, of Social Security to 70 because they're saving the Social Security system because it was about to go bankrupt, which means their COVID program was a success. 
they eliminated the elderly. They poisoned the youth. They've been annihilating the middle class, the working class millennials. And all of that labor has to be replaced by something. That's your great new industrial revolution. It's going to be robotics. You need less people. The whole thing all along was about population reduction because their vision of a future did not have people in it. It had technology at its core. And the rest of us, us cattle, us goy, we were just there to be used and abused and trashed with. But now they realize there's a great awakening happening. It's not an awakening they want or they can control, but it's an awakening now that they have to worry about because we're starting to get the idea of their grift and their grift smells. It's the same grift that they've been doing for the whole time of this country. The grift of making us believe in lies, twisting the histories upside down, keeping our eyes off of the true sense of who we are. And how do you do that? You always have to give a shiny silver object. Vertical takeoff and landing aircraft, where did that come from? Apparently that's the future they want us to believe in, whether or not it's true. The enticements to build these great new cities as people run around dreaming of vertical agriculture and growing meat in labs. Heck, you can take a piece of your own dandruff and go down and grow a human steak and you can have that for dinner. Wouldn't that be great? This is the future that President Trump just framed because he didn't frame the details like he never does. He framed the, he framed the, the structure so that all of the details can be filled in by the musks and by the other psychopaths that are still going to be there under a different brand. How do we get through this is the question. And it's a mindset. It's a mindset that begins with our faith in God. It's a mindset that has to get our hands dirty and growing things in soil and physically sowing seeds, raising cattle, getting to be where you are more sufficient and animal husbandry does not just cattle. You become driven towards being self-sufficient. That's how, that's what the point of our colonial success was. They didn't need the government anymore. It wasn't that they built an alternative government. They did, but their main point is they no longer needed England. We have to get to a point where we don't need big corporate and we don't need government. And that's only going to happen when people start to understand that this is truly a war of good versus evil. And anybody in the political realm is not on the good side. I don't care what they do. You're watching literally a Disney film play out here in D.C. It's bread and circuses at its peak. All these promises. Now they're going to release all of the, the secret data about COVID that the government has apparently held. What do you bet that not one mention will be made of Ukraine in the bioweapons labs? What do you bet instead they'll put all the fingers on the CCP and Wuhan as the secret lab, but they'll fail to omit the fact that Harvard was over there investing in that area to develop other bioweapons labs? What do you bet all of those things will be whitewashed just like they whitewashed the buildings in Chicago at the World's Fair? This is the evil in which we deal with. These people will do anything to protect the lie. How, how much do you bet that we'll never hear about the Masons that were involved in January 6th and all the players that were out there? What do you bet that we'll never hear about the Masons that were involved in the, in the Vegas shooting and the crisis actors that were on the ground? And will we ever get to the bottom of Sandy Hook? Heck no. Because they shut that one down with a seven hundred or billion dollar, seven hundred million or billion dollar lawsuit against Alex Jones, another player. See, 
all these people here are on the take in one way or another. They're all playing for the same game. It's all about power, both ends to the middle. And the only way through this, and you notice the ones in power, how many of them get on their knees and pray to God? How many of them proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And I'm going to tell you, almost none. That should be the red flag for everybody. And unless they do, they're not going to lead you to the right place. We need to understand what this war is really about. And this war is truly, truly about good versus evil. Things seem to be moving at a pretty exponential rate these days. Like things are happening a lot faster than they have in the past. Destruction of the church, the destruction of the family, the sexualization of our children. There are a lot of theories as to why this is all happening so fast. See, evil and goodness are supposed to be opposing forces. Like goodness is supposed to keep evil in check, always. But when goodness and righteousness decides to take a break, evil is all we're left with. I need you to understand that they are never going to stop, that their agenda will continue to move forward no matter what. See, evil never takes a day off. Evil never calls in sick. It never goes on vacation. Evil is never too tired to do more evil. So when otherwise good men decide that they're too tired or they don't feel like it or they have better things to do or that they're just too scared to stand in opposition against evil, this crumbling nation is what we're left with. These things are not happening to our country because evil suddenly exists. These things are happening because good men laid down triumph of evil can be attributed to the failures of good men so as a citizen of this country and a believer in god and a soldier of the lord it is your obligation to stand in opposition against evil you don't get to be too tired you don't get to take the night off that is a luxury that no longer exists this nation and everything we believe in will only continue to deteriorate unless we come together to do something about it this is not about republican versus democrat or red versus blue this is about right versus wrong this is good versus evil so I suggest you figure out your relationship with your creator and you find a niche. You find an avenue to attack and you attack it with the same level of forethought and grit and tact that they attack us with. You and your children and your children's children depend on us doing something now. It's absolutely true. I've been trying to figure out, and I can't answer this, what the aversion is to hard work. Because that's ultimately at the core of their success. They have convinced America that hard work is bad that hard work is something that we want to avoid, that somehow we need to be in a place where we, we need to be relying on more convenience, more service things that are provided for us. We become a handout and welfare culture hidden by the ideas and the glitz of technology. We want to do everything easier, faster, simpler, because we want more time. More time to do what? Are we going to pray more? The answer is no. Are we going to live longer? The answer is no. The average age of America now is 73 years old. That's a drop since COVID. And to mention that again about Social Security, with the retirement age now at 70, by statistics, by the actuary tables, you're only going to get three years payout of a lifetime of paying into Social Security. Get the picture now? It's a scam. They haven't changed anything. They've promised a lot, but they've delivered little. And what they have every time they do promise something and what they end up delivering is some sort of chimera of what they originally said. And it always ends up being about another way to track you, tag you, and locate you called TTL. This is the system which we are currently living in. And there isn't a hope through politicians. People that become politicians become Satan's incarnate. And that's just who they are. And a system like this, when we start talking about having to tear it all down, as that piece I played earlier was dead on, we don't have to tear it down. It's tearing itself down as long as we don't play. 
but we have to do this in a way that will ensure another a breakthrough of a future society without having total societal collapse. We're faced with another crisis here. And this is what I believe these people, including Trump, are trying to race ahead of. They know what's coming. And what's coming is a realization that the government screwed everybody, that they've been lied to their entire life. But worst of all, that this injection that they got was designed to kill them, whether it did or not. The people that have the injection can't get it out. It's in them. And so this discovery is going to send a lot of people literally crazy. And they're not going to be restrainable. They're going to be all out for just absolute vengeance. The only way that the government can get ahead of that is to promise an emerald city. The yellow brick road, the red shoes to tap together to take you, Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. And yet to take you to that place where you can have a tin man and you can have a lion without a heart. And Dorothy can lead them all to joy and favor, always with the same solution. The heart's going to be mechanical. The tin man will get some grease. And somebody up there is going to get a brain by putting a chip in his head. The Wizard of Oz was more foretelling than we realized because it's literally the place we are today. And so many people out here continue to believe in the lie. They believe in this garbage until they realize that they were lied to. But how do you do that? What happens when government starts to panic about itself and its own continuity? What happens when government realizes that the people are about to realize that the government itself was the murderer? The government itself was the one trying to kill its own people. Well, the government better come up with something better. The Green New Deal's not sticking. And anyway, what's been happening with all this money? Every step, these two people have been playing the same game to the same end. You need to have a Biden in order to have a successful Trump. Do you realize that? Do you see that? In order for Trump, if Trump had continued in his second term, he would have had to face a massive debt crisis. He would have had to face a shrinking economy. He would have had to face all sorts of other opposition in this country, including the green agenda. He would have had to deal with the, the problems of a broken supply chain system. And it, most importantly, this whole thing was a transitionary period towards the new fourth industrial revolution. So what do you do? Well, if I was those in power, I'd put a Biden in for four years. I'd make the people hate Biden so damn much, and I'd make Biden take the fall for everything, including the vax. But Biden didn't sign the approval of the vax, but that'll be a short memory thing, don't worry. Trump approved the vax in September of 2019, before COVID. Trump was the one that took personal credit for the vax. But what we need then to, is, is to get that off people's minds because we need Trump. He's a real estate guy. He's going to be able to sell the vision. After all, he has a star on Hollywood Boulevard for his show, The Apprentice. Did you know George Clooney doesn't have a star? But Trump does. I should ask you, you should ask yourself why that is. Patriots, this whole thing is a big grift. It's one big game. And if we're going to play along their game, we're going to be caught in their trap. This idea of 10 new freedom cities, this is just another pie-in-the-sky garbage like the Green New Deal. It's going to be pouring money into, into the pockets of the wealthy. The cities are going to be owned by the wealthy or they're going to be owned by the government. And if the government's going to do it, they're going to need big builders to do it. 
That means Trump Enterprises are going to be central to all of that, whether it's directly or by some franchise breakout. The cities are going to be built and then they're going to be owned, but you're not going to have any real property ownership. You'll just get a document that says it's a property ownership, but it's not going to matter anyway, because even though affordable housing, you're still going to have to get a bank loan and you're going to be indebted to the bank and the bank debt system. Nothing has changed. But what will be good about these new cities is they'll be revisioned by the youth, the ones that want everything tagged and tracked, the ones that want automated cars picking up their pizza and delivering it to their house. That's your vision. They're going to meet the Green New Deal. It's Green New Deal meets Trump under another brand. Do you see that? And for the rest of us, cast out into the wildlands, the badlands, where we will be left apparently to wander and scrape and scrabble for ourselves. That's okay. I'll take that life any day. And why will we succeed? Because they will be dependent on a system that feeds them. And we will be making a system where we feed ourselves. That's the choice each one of us has to make. And the time to make it is right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, or 10 days from now. It is now. And if you've made the decision as in yesterday, then good job. But it's time to make the decision. And the decision has to be a commitment to a lifestyle that's different. It's harder. It's a, it's a lifestyle that means that you have to do things yourself. You've got to fix your own fences. You have to bake your own bread. You have to grow your own food. You have to work with community to trade and to do and trade seeds. You have to build a community. You have to build trust. And most of all, you have to have God at the center of everything you do. This isn't about inclusion where everybody is equal. That's the Trump vision. This is about a country and a place, a, a way of being where Christ is on our hearts and Christ is before us in all things. We pray on everything. We lead through Jesus. And if we can't do that, then go to the cities of these freedom cities. I'm sure they'll be wonderful. Whatever happened to Trump's impassioned support for the evangelicals? Or did that just kind of blow away after, after he lost office? Because apparently we're the problem that why, why he didn't get, why he didn't have his red wave because we didn't fight hard enough for abortion, anti-abortion rights after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. That's documented. He said it, not me. We are in one big movie being played by those elites to shuttle power back and forth between one side of the table or the other. These people sit together, rub shoulders together. They squish each other's butts. But at the end of the day, one group wants power. The other group wants power. They've divided their lines. They went to war and we've been thrown in the middle and we're supposed to buy their line of BS as they push it to us, deciding which flavor of crap that we think is better. The only flavor of future that we need is a future that God presents to us in which we follow and our eyes are on him. All this other stuff is noise. We have to understand what they say. We have to discern it. But we, at the end of the day, on our knees, put ourselves before the crown and then pray. Listen to what Father tells us to do. Stand up, girder your sword, and get ready to go to war. Because this war that they're fighting between themselves ultimately sees us as their owner-owned cattle. I'm not anybody's cattle. Neither are you. So find that passion place that God wants you to wage war. I don't care if that impassioned place is changing people's tires, helping somebody walk across the street, 
baking bread, baking cookies, or doing gardens, or wielding a sword. Whatever that impassioned place is that you as a warrior in Christ are going to be, fight and use it and become great at it and become ruthless at it. Build your community with it. Protect your community. Expand your community. Lead with Christ in your heart. Because Christ is not in the heart of those that are calling for a new future based on technologies. Because nowhere in there do they put Christ first. We have to go back to go forward, and we can and we will. And we will be very successful at it when we do. And while they're groveling around wondering why their vertical agriculture building isn't delivering their daily quota of greens and their other building that grows beef isn't or meat out of cells isn't delivering their daily quota of fake beef or fake meat because the power went out, we're going to be doing just fine. Because all that time that we spent learning how to survive, how to build, how to do things our own, going back to the way in which God intended us to live, we have our hands, we have the gifts that God gave us, we have the land around us to grow, and we will put together a greater world than anything they could ever envision. We need the Davids to stand up now, to lead the many, to stand before the, the Goliaths and have the courage to know that what you're doing is you're representing God, not yourself, and fearlessly move through and crush the enemy. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time that we've come together. We thank you for the time that we have each day of assembling and putting you first in all things that we do. We're in a time now, Lord, where there's true division in humanity, a division of those that want convenience versus those that want you, a world on one side that seeks to have technologies, convenience, easy ways of doing things, always giving away their righteousness and their sovereignty to a machine. On the other side, there's, a, there's the followers, Lord, of Jesus, your children, that sit here now and put their eyes on you and eyes on the throne, knowing very, very well that what is ahead is going to be challenging, that we'll have to make this world by our own hand. But what we also know is through you, all things are possible. So, Father, we just pray now for the direction and guidance and wisdom. And in doing so, lead us in this fight, knowing that what is ahead, we can conquer anything as long as we keep our eyes on the cross. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. The mightiness of our love and passion in God and our salvation through Christ will take us through all of this. I'm going to talk some about this tonight on the topic that continues to surface with some who find anger to be their main objective. But it is important that as we move forward here that we keep a loving and forgiving heart. And forgiveness is not releasing people from obligation. It's releasing you from the burdens of anger and vengeance. And when you have that and we lead forward with where we're going, we will have a mighty army ahead of us. They will understand and hear the word of God to be able to overcome any obstacles placed before us. And in so doing, conquer and overcome anything the enemy puts before you. This is now time to dig in hard. And to understand that the fight we have ahead will not be easy. The enemy is waging a full-scale war and they're going to loop many of the, of the patriots into their trap. Because people, again, they want convenience. Life is not about convenience. It's about the pursuit in the love of Father 
the development and being refined in the fires of refinement and the capturing of the righteousness in our heart. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, 
to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one. To win at any cost. But we will never bow. For we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.